Hey, before we continue on with our adventure, I wanted to tell you about another exciting Glisten Plus podcast for the whole family I think you're going to love. It's called Boss Monster Adventures, based on the hit tabletop game Boss Monster by Brother Wise Games. Kid Croak, son of the most terrifying monster in the realm, must go on a quest to replace the magical crystal that powers his father's trap-filled castle. He's joined by his two best friends, Draculad, and a walking brain in a jar named Cerebella. And I thought I had strange traveling companions. With a mix of fantasy and classic video game references, I know you're not going to want to miss this. Okay, now back to our adventure. League of Wonder, a Glisten Plus production. Episode 7, Runabout. Wit led the way as Mr. Toad, Lulu, and I followed behind. We passed a long oak table where voles studied globes of both the earth and the heavens, their eyes darting from their studies in our direction as we passed. A pair of squirrels looked up from their teacups with suspicious glances. Cricket bounced up onto my shoulder and whispered to me. Rumors spread like flies in the Wonder Society. Some animals in here have very good ears. Myself included. Wit pointed a paw to his own long white ears and then gave them a flick. Which is why we should make haste. That means get out of here quickly and quietly. I know what haste means. I might not be a member of the Wonder Society, but my family, the Darlings, have quite a library. Oh, relax, Fluffy. I didn't mean to get up under your collar. Just wanted to make sure you understood what I meant. Kip... I'm not going to lie. You might have to keep me from biting off that puffy little white tail sticking out of his trousers. Heard that too? I knew you would. We left the parlor and hurried along the marble hallway. Mr. Toad, who was slower than the rest of the group, struggled to keep up. As we neared the exit to the street from which we had entered earlier, I could hear voices arguing on the other side of the door. One belonged to the Badger. You can't just go in there. This is a members-only club. And besides, you're a lady. I may not be a boy, but I'm not much of a lady either. The door was knocked off its hinges as the badger was thrown into it. Through the now-open door, I spied the weasel with the eye patch and her pack of thugs. She narrowed her eye on us and raised herself up into a threatening pose. The weasels ran for us. Wit was swift, turning on his heels. Back to the parlor! On this we agree. Lulu and I sprinted just behind him, while Cricket clung to my shoulder. Mr. Toad, who had been a dozen steps behind, looked shocked as we came running toward him. What did I miss? Come on, you crazy croaker! Wit grabbed Mr. Toad's webbed hand and gave a pull. With the weasels on our tail, we burst back into the large room at the heart of the Wonder Society and ran toward the piano at its center. Cricket chirped up from my soft shoulder fur, calling out to Wit. Excuse me, hello. Uh, are you planning on rallying some troops to come to our aid? I don't think we're going to be getting much help in here. I looked around the room and had to agree with Wit. All the animals were ducking under tables and hiding behind chairs. A quick glance behind me confirmed what I had suspected. The weasels were snarling at everyone who glanced in their direction. Wit turned to Mr. Toad, who was huffing beside him. Mr. Toad, let's get some London fog in here, and fast! 
I, I, I'm on it! Mr. Toad nodded, pressed two buttons, flipped a switch, and then slammed down his cane. Let there be fog! <laughs> Whooshing out from the top of the walking stick came a butterfly net. Again? Why is it always the net? The weasels were closing in around us, their claws glinting in the candlelight. No, 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 I can fix it. Oh, I just need a, a wrench here. All right, let me see. I don't think we have time for that. The weasel with the eye patch moved in on me with open paw. You don't want that little dangle of gold hanging around your neck. All it's been doing is causing trouble. Not for all the gold in King Solomon's mine. Wrong answer! Perhaps we could work out a deal. I've got a bag of wooden coins that could be yours. And they probably won't give you splinters. The weasel with the eye patch charged at Whip, but Lulu blocked him with a shoulder. Lulu, you care. Only about Kip. Another weasel lunged at me with teeth poised to bite. Cricket leaped onto my nose and pulled out his tiny sword. The dashing insect gave a quick lunge with his blade, poking the attacker in between the eyes. The weasel stumbled back, more surprised than hurt. Whoa! Nice job, Cricket. It's a converted sewing needle. I use what I can. I looked to my left, where Mr. Toad was fumbling through his satchel and belt for tools. One twisted piece of metal with a handle fell to the floor. I say screwdrivers and hammers, but what you go? Where is that wrench? As we all slowly backed away from the weasels, Wit reached over and grabbed a tiny screwdriver from Mr. Toad's belt. Then he snatched Cricket off my nose and shoved the screwdriver in one of his free hands. Cricket looked at it, confused, and turned back to the white rabbit. What is this for? You'll figure it out. Wit dropped Cricket onto his long white foot and with a flick of his ankle sent him soaring upward. I didn't have time to follow Cricket's flight path because two weasels were coming right at me. Don't worry about the others! Just get the necklace! I ducked behind a chair as Lulu rammed into one weasel while giving a kick to the other. Wit nodded, impressed. Lulu eyed him back with disbelief. You're going to lend me your paw, or do I have to do this all on my own? Claws and teeth have never been my thing. Whip dodged the angry swipes of another weasel. I'm more of a planner. And what a good job you're doing. A good plan takes time to come to fruition. The gold-toothed weasel had found me behind the chair and was coming closer, pulling a sharp knife out of his sheath. You'll need to find a better hiding spot, little dog. I let out my fiercest growl. <laughs> Are you trying to scare me? Or getting ready to lick me. To my right, Mr. Toad finally found the wrench and used it to twist off a section of the cane that had been stuck. A big grin spread across his face. I've got it! I've got it! Mr. Toad flipped a brass switch. The cane ejected a white sheet big enough to cover three beds. That wasn't supposed to happen! The gold-toothed weasel gave a wicked smile and lifted his knife to strike. This was very bad. I looked up to see the red planet of Mars come falling from the ceiling. The metal ball squashed the gold-toothed weasel as it slammed to the ground. 
I peered up to see Cricket standing on the giant mobile with the screwdriver in hand. Wit turned to Lulu with a Cheshire grin. See? Planning. Meticulous planning. Just then, a second falling planet dropped from above. It came within inches of the chief weasel, but missed her. This seemed only to get the weasel angrier. Cricket leaped down from the mobile and landed perfectly on Wit's head. Well, there are holes even in the best plans. I turned in the direction of the loud hissing sound. Mr. Toad was standing there with giddy glee. There's the fog! <laughs> the entire Wonder Society filled with puffy white smoke. I couldn't see a thing. Not even the tip of my own wet black nose. I heard Wit call out from nearby. Make a chain! I felt a hand grab my ear, and Lulu's teeth bite down gently on my tail. The hand began to pull me and the others behind me through the fog. I wasn't sure how anyone could see through this dense cloud. Where did they go? I was pulled into a sloping hallway where the fog was just as thick. I could tell we were descending deeper underground, not going back up to the cobblestone alleyways. I called out to the others in the fog. This isn't the way back to the street! We're not leaving the way you came in. The fog was finally beginning to dissipate, and I could now see that the line of animals was being led by Mr. Toad, who was wearing a strange pair of copper goggles that glowed a deep green. We're going to make our escape in the runabout. And what would that be? We're taking... My car! <laughs> Mr. Toad looked excited. So excited that it made me very nervous. This way! Come on! Come on! I looked to Lulu, who could only shrug. She was right. What choice did we have? I could feel the magnetic compass hanging around my neck. It felt heavy with responsibility. I had to find Dorothy, no matter how dangerous it might be. The white rabbit started hopping further down the hall in the direction of a large set of metal doors. Mr. Toad is right. Once the fog clears, the weasels will realize where we went. Wit opened the door to reveal an enormous garage with an odd assortment of steam-powered automobiles, wind-up carriages and motorized bikes, each one sized appropriately for an animal driver. Mr. Toad waddled quickly for the far side of the room. There's my boy. Isn't he the most beautiful thing you ever seen? My Cleveland runabout, packed full of homemade modifications. You can't buy one like that, no, sir. While I didn't have a trained eye for quality machinery, I could tell that Mr. Toad's car was something special. The frame was constructed of wood, painted jet black with brass trim. A series of pipes led from the front of the car straight back to the rear. Gears and dials covered the front panel near the steering wheel, and it had no roof, so anyone sitting inside could look up at the sky as it drove. Mr. Toad swung open the driver's door and beckoned the rest of us. Come on, hop in the back, we got plenty of room. Mr. Toad jumped into the car and landed in the front bucket seat. Wit hopped around and took the front seat near Mr. Toad. Lulu paused in front of the back door, looking hesitant. Does this thing operate better than your walking stick? My walking stick is a work in progress, but I've been driving the runabout for years. He's never failed me. Mr. Toad gave a tug on a knob near the wheel. 
thick gray smoke began to cough out the back pipe. Mr. Toad looked confused and a wee bit red in the face, which is hard for a toad to be. He started to bang his foot against the pedals. <laughs> ah, exactly! <laughs> what did I tell you? Lulu did not seem any more encouraged, but the distant voices coming down the hall left her with few options. They might have gone this way. Lulu jumped in the back, and I followed behind. I grabbed the handle of the door and gave it a hard tug. The runabout jolted forward, and I was thrown back against the leather seat. I repositioned myself, digging in my claws. We sped ahead into a winding corridor lit by gas lamps. As Mr. Toad turned the wheel with each bend, Lulu and I were thrust against each other. First I tumbled into her furry belly, then she slid into me, her heavy body smashing me up against the door with such force that I nearly lost my breath. Sorry, Kip! It's okay. After Lulu shifted off of me, I peered up and over the front seat to see that Mr. Toad had entered a long straightaway. At the far end of the corridor was a pair of doors bolted shut with a wooden beam. Mr. Toad was on a collision course for them and was not slowing down. I had to speak up. Don't we need to stop to open that door? Don't worry, Kip. Mr. Toad knows what he's doing. Right, Toady? Mr. Toad? Wit gave him a nudge in the side. It seemed to snap Mr. Toad out of his dazed stupor. I've got it handled. Mr. Toad flipped open a panel to reveal a series of colored buttons. His finger found the orange one. From the front of the car, a pair of spring-loaded boxing gloves flew out. Each glove was holding a lit stick of dynamite. The gloves hit the door. The door was blown into a thousand pieces. Shards of wood hit the front of the car. A metal hinge flew in through the open top and came within a few centimeters of banging me on the head. The runabout zipped out of the tunnel and onto the London street. Cricket bounded from Wit's shoulder to mine. This is not at all how I planned my day. I was thinking a thimble of relaxing tea, some thoughtful conversation at the Wonder Society, and if I was feeling extremely adventurous, <sighs> scones. I turned to see where the whistle had come from. Standing in the alleyway was the weasel chief, and she was pointing at us as we drove by. There they are! She turned to a trio of long-tailed furry rodents. They looked rather adorable in their long trench coats. Their little hands barely stuck out from their sleeves. Each of them sat on the back of crank-powered motorbikes. Wit turned back to me with a concerned look. Those foals are part of the Imps on Wheels gang. They may look cute, but they're ruthless and faster than a galloping stallion. I looked back to see the voles give a quick twist to their cranks before taking off. Mr. Toad pulled a lever that stuck out from the floor of the car between him and Wit. Hold on! We're about to start going fast! <laughs> what were we going before? The runabout lurched forward, and again I went tumbling. A sharp turn to the left brought us onto a main road, bustling with horse-drawn carriages, street peddlers, and nightfolk leaning against lampposts. Couples walked hand in hand in the neighboring park, while moonlight streamed between the barren branches. I looked behind us. Despite our great speed, the voles were indeed quick too, and gaining on us. I could see that the front of their cycles each had a long metal spear sticking out from it, 
and the sides of their bikes were covered with spikes that I could only assume were not used for decoration. Get out of the way! I looked ahead to see who Mr. Toad was shouting and honking at. An ice truck had stopped in the middle of the intersection with a cracked wheel. The street was too narrow to pass. Cricket hopped from my shoulder to Mr. Toad's head. Toad, don't you dare blow up that truck like you did with the door. I couldn't even if I wanted to. I already used both of me dynamite fists. Anybody in the mood for a ride through the park? Mr. Toad turned the wheel hard, and the runabout jumped the curb and rolled through the gate into the quiet park. But just barely. The gate was so narrow that the left footboard hit the gatepost and was torn from the car. Isn't this charming? Parks like this are a wonder. Brings a bit of wild to the busy clatter of London. I turned back to see that the Voles had easily entered the park. Their motorcycles, a mere fifth the width of the runabout, slipped through the gate with ease. They were riding over the path cleared by the runabout and making up distance quickly. Ah, can you smell the roses? Just intoxicating. Mr. Toad swerved the automobile around trees, narrowly avoiding the trunks. Branches smacked against the front window. Lulu had to duck to avoid one of the twisty limbs from knocking her out of the car. One of the voles pulled his bike up next to the runabout. He shouted at us with his cute little whiskers twitching. Pull over before you get some of these here spikes in your side! We were having such a peaceful ride and you had to go and make it unpleasant. Oh, and I would watch out for that fence. Mr. Toad drove the runabout through the exit gate of the park. The car barely squeaked through. The Vols motorcycle didn't have time to swerve and ran head into the park fence. Ta-ta for now! <laughs> Mr. Toad began to laugh with uncontrollable delight as he turned the car down an empty street. Cricket leaped from the White Rabbit's headrest to Mr. Toad's. You're both crazy! Oh, completely mad! The White Rabbit seemed to take the Cricket's insult like a badge of pride. Mr. Toad, on the other hand, took the comment a bit more personally. I could see him frowning in the rearview mirror. Lulu was looking back behind us. There are still two more voles following us. Okay, let's see if this takes care of them. Mr. Toad flipped a switch labeled with a star. A flap had opened on the back of the car, letting dozens of spiked balls tumble all over the street. The motorbike riding voles couldn't slow down. And as it turned out, they didn't need to. With great skill, they swerved around all of them unharmed. That wasn't good. The runabout took another hard turn and headed for a bridge that crossed the Thames River. As we got closer, I saw something extremely alarming. The bridge wasn't finished. It only stretched about halfway across the swath of rushing water. The voles were not slowing down behind us. We were about to be trapped. And suddenly, Mr. Toad hit the accelerator. Speeding the car faster, we drove onto the bridge. Wit calmly looked back at Lulu and I. I hope you both know how to swim. The car flew up and over the edge of the unfinished bridge. The car seemed to hang in the air for a long time before dropping. When the car hit the river, it was no longer a car, but a boat. 
The runabout took off across the Thames. Behind us, the bulls went tumbling into the water, their motorcycles hitting the surface and sinking at once. <laughs> Up front, the white rabbit flipped open a compartment next to his seat. He pulled out a bottle of orange liquid and a set of crystal glasses. Now, who's out for some carrot juice? With a smirk, he poured himself a glass and kicked his long white feet up on the dashboard. Cricket collapsed onto Lulu's lap with exhaustion as Mr. Toad steered the boat upriver. As I looked back at London in the distance, all I could wonder was where this adventure would take me next. of Wonder, starring Donovan Patton as Kip, Makgozo M. as Lulu, Eric Peterson as Mr. Toad, Brian Stepanek as the Talking Cricket, Robbie Jarvis as Wit, Olive Epstein as Dorothy Gale, Santa Moses as Evelyn Gale, and Matthew McRae as Archie Gale. Written and directed by Adam J. Epstein. Executive produced by Sheila Stepanek and Adam J. Epstein. Edited and mixed by Christopher Sousa. Cover art by Alexander Garcia. Additional voices by Scott Pete, Daphne Bloomer, Michael Nering, Adam Epstein, and Suzanne Hesseloff. League of Wonder is a Glisten Plus production.